0: Between the black skies and my red eyes, I can barely see. And when I feel like I've been let down by my friends and family, I can feel the rain reminding me in the eye of the storm. Control oh, okay. in the middle Good morning. Why don't we go ahead and greet our neighbor and wish them a good morning as well.
1: Good morning and welcome to Hope Vale. How are we doing today? Are we excited to be here? I'm excited to be here. I hope you're excited to be here. What a great day God has in store for us. What a great opportunity for us to join together today as we worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? As we enter into 2017, I think God's got great things in store for us. And I want to begin this morning. I'm Pastor Steve, and um, I've got some great news in terms of our Christmas outreach offering. Um, I'm here to share a number with you that uh, really, I think, explains and, and speaks to the heart of of who we are as a body, who you are as individuals, and the vision and passion that we have to not only impact what happens uh, inside these walls and with our normal giving, but above and beyond. That's what our Christmas outreach offering is about, right? It's about going above and beyond, and then it's it's about this seasonal thing that happens, but it's not just a seasonal thing because the results of what happens is it, it provides opportunity on a relational level to do ministry throughout the entire year. And so the number that we're looking at from our Christmas Outreach Offering in 2016 is $157,462. Um, 400, $157, so that is a praise to God. It's a thank you to you for your obedience, for stepping up and going above and beyond what you normally do with your tithes and offerings. And it's, it's also about our vision and passion for impacting other people, right? outside these walls. It all goes to other places uh, locally, globally, but we just thank God and we thank you for that uh, this morning. Also along the business line this afternoon we have our annual business meeting at 2 o'clock and so we would like to invite you to be a part of that. It's down in the venue so as you exit the auditorium it's down the hallway to the right. If you want to know more about what's going on at Hopevale in terms of taking a little bit of a look back at 2016 and our finances and and what happened, and then looking ahead to 2017 and what's in store for us uh, in the future. Uh, This will be a great opportunity to uh, learn more. We'll introduce our elder candidates. Um, We'll introduce our uh, officers for 2017, and then talk further details also, including uh, some bylaw revisions. So we would like to encourage you and invite you to be a part of that. Uh, There is information in the lobby as well on what uh, we will be covering, so feel free to pick that up as well. And then if you're newer to Hopevale, another great opportunity for you. If uh, you're wondering who we are, what we believe, how we function, and what goes on here at Hopevale, we want to buy lunch for you next week. We want to invite you to get to know Hopevale. It also happens in the venue. It'll be next Sunday at noon. You get a chance to meet some of our staff. You get a chance to meet some great volunteers, interact with them, ask questions that you may have. And so we just want you to to be a part of that and begin to feel like family here at Hopevale. This morning, as we uh, worship together, we have the opportunity to come before the Lord and give our tithes and offerings. So I want to invite the ushers at this time to come forward. As I mentioned earlier, you know, it's about about our heart, right? And so uh, there's options for us to give. We can give online, we can, you know, check out the website and go on there and, Uh, our mobile app there's other ways to give you can use our envelopes but um, it's really about the heart it's not how we give but it's about our heart right and so this morning we want to take the opportunity to return a, a portion of what God has blessed us with back to him to just continue to further ministry that goes on within these walls here and around the world so let's pray father God we thank you for this morning we thank you for the opportunity that we get to come before you and worship the king of kings and the lord of lords God, we thank you as we enter 2017 for the things that you've done in the past, for the ways that you've worked in our life, but also for what you have in store in front of us. God, we anxiously anticipate how you lead and guide and direct us on a personal level. God, that's what's so awesome is that you care about each one of us. So God, this morning we just just bring life to you. In the midst of busyness, in the midst of kind of unwinding from a a Christmas season, to kind of reflect and look internally, God, we ask that you would lead and guide and direct each one of us today as we worship together, today as we give back to you what you've blessed us with, Lord. Father, we pray that you would take these gifts and you would multiply them, that you would use them for the furtherance of your kingdom, that they would be used in a way that others would come to know you in a deeper and greater way. Father, we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.
0: On the hill of Calvary, the light of all. The stone was who? i home. thank you that by your wounds we are set free. That great divide that you cross for us from earth to heaven. Your cross is all we need to see, Lord. We humbly bow before you. Amen.
2: Men, you can be seated. We sing these songs to remind us that the God of Bethlehem that we honored and worshiped at Christmas is also the God of Calvary, who is the God of heaven. He's also the God of Saginaw, and he's the God of our lives. And we come into this place to bring all that together, right? The past ripples into our future, and we are set free. It's great to be here, great to kick off a new year although i think i'm a few days late and saying happy new year to you it's great to worship and i just want to echo pastor steve's um, celebration and thank you for your generosity with the christmas outreach offering i continue to be blown away at just this church and your desire to be on mission with what god wants to do in your lives and in this world uh, it's 2017 now, and by the grace of God, we have another new year before us. And as I was thinking and praying about what to share with you today as a way to kick things off here at Hopewell for 2017, I felt like the best way to do that would actually be by taking a look backwards, right? And by revisiting a key spiritual theme from last fall, and, and that theme is what it means to live 168 for the Lord. Ah, yes, that magical number, 168. How many of you were here for that series last fall? All right, great. So you know what the number 168 represents. But for the rest of you, 168 represents the total amount of hours each one of us has in a week. And it's the same for all of us, 24 hours a day times seven days a week equals 168 hours. And so, in that series, which by the way, you can access online, we define living 168 this way that to live 168 means I surrender to the Lordship of Jesus every hour of my week and every area of my life. Every hour of my week, every area of my life. When we approach life with a 168 mindset, we don't just limit our faith to one hour on a Sunday, we don't just limit our faith to what takes place here in this room, or in this building. No, it means we have the kind of Christian faith that not only influences our Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., but also 2 p.m. on a Monday afternoon at work or in the classroom, but then also 9 o'clock on a Friday night when we're out on the town, right? Church, work, Friends, family, finances, fitness, food, hobbies, you name it. See, knowing and following Jesus, it is meant to be holistic, not fragmented, right? Where we compartmentalize our lives and God is just one of those compartments and it's separate. He's separate from everything else. No, Living 168 integrates our lives, the whole of our lives together. And really, it's just another way of thinking what Jesus called the greatest commandment to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, that there is nothing in our lives that is off limits to God and his love for us. So whatever it might be in the 168 hours we're given in the week, the call is the same, that we are meant to follow Jesus every hour of our week and every area of our life. So that was the heart of the Live 168 series last fall, and it really got a lot of traction around here. We saw God use it to challenge us, to encourage us as followers of Jesus Christ. We even passed out these 168 stickers that encourage you to put on your phones. I mean, I I think the words I said last fall were, you know, is there one place that represents kind of the hub of my life? Uh, Appointments, uh, where I do my banking, uh, who I call, who I text, who I write or maybe it landed on your computer, your car dashboard, your bathroom mirror uh, on a computer, wherever you put it, a reminder that everything we do, we do for the Lord. By the way, we have more of those uh, 168 stickers out in the lobby at both ministry desks. encourage you to pick one of those up, right? But let's face it, you know, I was thinking about that series, that experience that we shared together, that was three months ago. And it is just amazing how quickly we can forget stuff and move on to the next thing. A lot happened between the fall and now, including Christmas, right? But the fact is, the vision for us to live 168 for the Lord, it doesn't stop when the series is over. No, that's also how we're supposed to live this year and next year and the year after that, and really for all the years God gives us here on this earth. That whatever the circumstances we find ourselves in, right, for better, for worse, rich or poor, sickness and health, and joy and sorrow, whether we're single, married, widowed, or divorced, in any and every stage of life, Jesus is Lord over all of it. And so as we approach this new year, I want to recast this 168 vision that God has for our lives and for this church, and then led by the Holy Spirit working in each one of our lives, I also want us to figure out, what that practically means in terms of the kind of choices and commitments you and I are going to make this year, right? Like the kind of things we need to start doing or stop doing or keep on doing or do more of or become better at. Whatever it is, I believe that God has a tailor-made Live 168 plan for each of us for 2017. And so I want you to find out what that is for your life. But not just to find it out, but also To go after it with everything you've got. That's the goal. That's my heart. And so, as we begin this journey today, I want us to sit and soak in a Bible passage that's going to be familiar to some of you. For others of you, it's going to be new, or maybe it just is forgotten. But for all of us, whether longtime or newcomer or somewhere in between, this passage, these words of Jesus, they, they never lose their freshness, their, their power, their ability to speak to our lives in the deepest places of our hearts. So the passage we're going to look at comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew 6. It's part of what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And this is Jesus. He is speaking to the hopes and fears of people both then and now. And I thought about this passage today, because as we begin a new year, for everyone in here who is excited about the new year, there are those of us who are scared and worried. We look at the future and we don't feel hopeful, we feel fearful. Fearful of the obstacles before us, fearful of the uncertainty we face, fearful of the failure that once again awaits us despite this enthusiastic belief that somehow this year is going to be different. And so how can we possibly live 168 for the Lord in 2017 if our minds, our hearts are preoccupied by worry and fear? Well, that's where the words of Jesus come in. And so in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? You know, even though life was so different back then for the people that Jesus first addressed here in this passage, I think about us today, and really, not a lot has changed. It hasn't. Now, back in that original setting, the worry over what you would eat or drink or what you would wear, that was all about just daily necessity, right? And what you needed to survive, the kind of meager day-to-day, moment-by-moment existence that's foreign to most of us in 2017. And yet here we are, 2,000 years later, we live in a prosperous first world nation during the most affluent time in history, and people what? They still worry about these things. They worry about their diet. They worry about their fashion. We do, don't we? What we eat, what we drink, what we wear. But our anxiety isn't about survival like theirs was. No, for us it's about what? Appearance about acceptance what we eat what we drink what we wear and how that makes us look on the outside and for some of us we worry about that because we're so consumed by what other people think of us as a matter of fact for some of us here today we have made these things the primary focus of what we want to change for 2017 look better feel better eat better Now, don't get me wrong, we should care about our health and the things we eat and drink do make a difference. Likewise, dressing like a slob, not caring about your appearance at all doesn't make you godly or okay. But these things, they're not unimportant. They're just not most important. It's really just a matter of perspective. That's why Jesus says what at the end? Is not life more than just food? Is not life, the body, more than just the clothes we wear. So don't worry, don't be consumed by these things, Jesus says, and why shouldn't we? Well, in the next verse, Jesus gives us these observational examples from everyday life. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stir away in barns, right? i are talking about food, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Yes, to God, you are more valuable And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? No, you can't. None of us can. Worry is simply not productive. Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you, not even Solomon, the great, the wealthy, King Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. So, verse 30, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? That whatever you believe deep down, that a better outward appearance is going to bring you, maybe it's love, maybe it's attention, maybe something deep down wants you, you know, to make people jealous of what you look like, right? Whatever that missing piece is inside of you, don't you think the God who created you, don't you think that the God who knows what you need really more than you do, don't you think that he is able to give you what your heart is truly longing for, you of little faith? After all, if God can meet the needs of lesser elements in creation, like the birds of the air and the grass of the field, Jesus says, don't you think he can also meet yours? So, verse 31, so do not worry, right? Do not worry uh, what we saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? That's not the way to go through life, Jesus says. As a matter of fact, verse 32, for the pagans, they run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You know, verse 32 here is both a pat on the back and a slap on the wrist, right? The slap comes at the beginning of verse 32. For the pagans, run after all these things. Now, who are the pagans? Well, pagans are just simply people who don't believe in God. They don't believe he exists. They don't believe he cares. They don't believe he needs to be obeyed, none of it. And so Jesus says for people like that, they run after all these secondary things. The idea here is they chase after, or as you can see on the slide, they obsess over these things, right? With irrational passions, with whacked out priorities, Now, think about it. If you don't believe in a loving God who's in tune with our needs, you can see why you'd be so preoccupied with these things, right? But that's the slap on the wrist, isn't it? I mean, Jesus is essentially saying, I get why they're so anxious, right? Because they think they're on their own. They think it's all up to them to provide for these things. But you know what? You who know God as a loving Heavenly Father, why are you living life just like them? I don't get it. Slap on the wrist. And so instead of looking outward at your fears or inward at your worries, Jesus says, look upward toward your God. Remember that your heavenly Father cares so deeply about you. That's the affirming pat on the back. That is the encouraging hug around the shoulder. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. True then, true today. He knows what you need materially, financially, spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally. God Our God, he sees, he knows, he cares, and he will provide always. True back then, and then think about how much more proof we have 2,000 years later on the other side of the cross and the empty tomb. See, not only does what we see all around us in creation affirm God's loving care like Jesus talks about here, but we also know that this same God gave us his most treasured possession, his son jesus that's what the god of calvary song we just sang is all about first john 4 verse 10 this is love not that we love god but that he loved us that he sent his son jesus as an atoning sacrifice for our sins this is christmas this is good friday this is easter all rolled into one now talk about a god who not only knows our deepest needs like forgiveness like peace, like reconciliation with him. But then this same God also goes to such great lengths to do something about it. Jesus is proof that you are loved. Jesus is proof that you are accepted by our great God. So do not worry. What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, or or, Why am I still single? Or why don't I like my job? Or why are my children such a mess? Or why can't I break this destructive habit? Or why am I so empty inside? Or why do I feel so guilty before God? Whatever it is, do not worry, Jesus says. The pagans, those who don't believe in God, they run after, they chase after, they obsess over things like these. But your heavenly father, he knows that you need them. So what's the solution then? Verse 33, here's the punchline. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. You want a Bible verse for 2017? Here it is. You want a target, you want a goal, you want something to shoot for, something that matters? This is it. And the key really is found in those two words right up front, seek first. Seek first. Now, to be honest, the English word here, seek, doesn't really do justice to the intensity that Jesus is trying to communicate. No, it's more like sprint toward. It's like run hard after right? God's kingdom and his priorities for your life. Seek them first. First, not so much as something at the top of your to-do list that you check off and move on to the next thing. No, first as in importance, first as in priority, first as the main thing in your life that shapes and influences everything else, every hour of your week, every area of your life. And you and I need to do this. Why? Because that's where life is found. We need to live this way because this is not just what we're created for. This is also what we've been recreated for with the new life we've been given through Jesus. To live as citizens of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven and to live and walk in his righteous ways in all things at all times. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and when we do Guess what? All these other things will be given to you as well, Jesus says. They will. These things you worry about, these things you obsess over, God will take care of those too. He will. Now just to be clear, our Heavenly Father is not a genie in the bottle. So He doesn't exist to grant all our wishes. So yes, He will meet all our needs. He usually does that on His own timetable, which is much different than ours. But also, one of those needs that we're always going to have this side of heaven is our growth in righteousness, our spiritual maturity, our becoming more like Jesus in who we are in what we do and how we love. And so unfortunately, this process of growth that God wants to take us through, it isn't always pleasant, but it is necessary. I mean, think about if God just always gave us what we wanted when we wanted it, it would stun our growth, wouldn't it? We would stay stuck in selfishness and immaturity. And so if God did that to us, that is not love. That's cruelty. Listen, God always has our best in mind, and as our Heavenly Father, he'll take care of us. He really will. All that he asks us, and it's not a requirement, it's for our own sanity, that as we live in a world that can be so hurtful and heartless, is that we keep our eyes, keep our hearts fixed on him to seek first, to run hard after his kingdom and his righteousness, Verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Verse 33 is the climax. Verse 34 is the aftermath. Verse 33 shows us what to do. This verse here, verse 34, shows us what not to do. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about all the uncertainty that it holds. It's not yours to figure out. You were never meant to to carry all that. No, each day has enough trouble of its own, own, so plant yourself in the now, right? Live today. Don't be a hostage of the future. Don't be a prisoner of the past. Now, ask yourself the question, what does God have for me today? That's where he wants your heart. Now, as I say all that, I want to recognize that worry is a real thing. That worry can be incredibly destructive. So I'm not trying to, you know, minimize what you're going through. I'm not trying to sprinkle some magic pixie dust over something that might really have a hold on you. But I am trying to point out what Jesus says is the only solution. This verse, really this entire passage, reminds us that worry is more of a fruit problem than it is a root problem. More of a fruit problem than a root problem. In other words, worry when it shows up in our life it's more like a symptom than it is a cause see if worry was the root of our problems then getting what we're worrying about solves everything right but you and i know from personal experience that's not how it works sure getting that unexpected check in the mail might solve an immediate financial problem but it doesn't cure us of worry nor would winning the lottery either now, worry is a sign of a deeper problem, of a heart problem, that what? That we're running after, that we're obsessing over the wrong things. That's why, on the one hand, this passage is about worry, and yet, on the other hand, it's about so much more. Because stop worrying is not the only answer to our fears. No, it's about the heart. It's about what we are seeking first. It's about what we're making a priority in our lives. It's about what we're giving our time and attention to. And so I think about this moment right now, right? Right? The reason you're here today, that if you are in church because you want to seek God first, if you are engaging in worship, if you are listening intently to what the Spirit of God is trying to say to you through the Word of God, that's why you're here. Then it tells me, it tells you, it tells God that you really do want to seek Him first. And that is great. And so from a living 168 standpoint to come here to worship God with brothers and sisters in Christ who want the same thing, to celebrate how his gospel has changed your life, that is a great and necessary part of seeking God first, about living 168 for him. And so I want to encourage you that as you make your plans and resolutions for 2017, that this weekly time of worship here is a top priority in your life. What we do, what we've been doing, what we're going to do, the top priority. Now, as I say that, and I've mentioned this from up front before, for some of us, it means we need to think about church differently. That maybe just drilled into you going up that that church and going to church was a have-to in your life, and you had to do it in order to keep God from being mad at you, right? It's not the way the Bible talks about coming to church for worship. It's not a have-to, but it's a want-to. It's a need to, because you what you know it's the best thing for your health as a Christian, right? As a Christian who already, as we've sung about today, lives in the freedom of God's unconditional love and acceptance. And so, congratulations! As you think about living one sixty-eight for the Lord in this new year, you have figured out one of the hours of your week. You figured out one. Way to go! <laughs> but that leaves what? the other 167, right? And so what are we supposed to do with those, right? What are our priorities? What should seeking God first look like for us? Well, for starters, there is no one-size-fits-all answer for everyone here. What it's going to look like for you is probably going to be different than what it looks like for the person in front of you or the person behind you. But having said all that, there are some common themes that apply to all of us apply to all of us regardless of our age stage of life wherever we may be in our spiritual journey and so for the rest of our time together i want to explore those common themes themes that were an essential part of our live 168 series last fall those three themes are connect and grow and serve connect grow serve and so as we take a look at each of these i think something specific is going to jump out at you i really do some kind of concrete step of involvement of commitment that god wants you to take that's going to help you live more fully for him every hour of your week every area of your life so i want you to be open right to the nudges to the whispers of the holy spirit today and how he's trying to lead in your life so let's get practical if you want to make seeking god first in your life a greater priority what can you do to help make that happen let's start with connect right Connect is a relational word that speaks both about our connection with God and our connection with people, the vertical and the horizontal, just like Jesus talks about in the greatest commandment. But connect is also an action word that not just requires effort on our part, but it also needs risk and sacrifice. To connect requires risk and sacrifice. Because when you connect relationally, whether it's with God or with other people, it means you surrendering two precious commodities that are hard to part with, your time and your trust. Your time and your trust. See, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to live 168 for him, then you need to be able to give both of those away. Time and trust. Now, coming here for weekly worship, like I said before, is a great place to start. But it's not going to be enough to sustain you over the long haul. No, we need more investments of our time and of our trust for connections to grow deeper. Last fall, as part of the 168 series, I made this statement that you can't grow closer to God if you're not moving closer to people, and I still believe that to be true. People who are not just out on the periphery of our lives, but who are part of our relational inner circle. Even Jesus, when he walked this earth, he had that with his 12 disciples. He had that with his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John. So maybe your 168 priority for 2017 is a connection priority, taking a step to get to know other Christians here at Hopefell better. And so let me give you a couple specific ways you can do that. The first is the Get to Know Hopefell class next Sunday at noon that Pastor Steve told you about, that once you are comfortable in here, and you want to get more involved in our church, this is the next best step you can take. It's right here in the same building. It's just a one-hour investment of your time, free food included. I mean, it's right there. Who we are, what we believe, how you fit. You can sign up. You can talk to someone at our Welcome Center, and they'd love to get you plugged into that. The other practical step of connecting is becoming part of a community group. Community groups are how we make a big church feel smaller. It's the primary way we try to encourage Christian friendships here at Hopeville. A typical community group is 12 to 14 people that meet weekly for about 90 minutes or so. They um, study the Bible together, ask questions, they encourage support, pray for each other through the ups and downs of life. They even uh, join up to serve together, whether it's in our church or in our community. And so if you are not in a group, I'd encourage you to look into it. You can stop by our Connect Grow Serve Desk out in the lobby, find out more. You can go on our website, and we have different descriptions of groups, nearly 50 groups, right, of where they meet, of when they meet, of the age and stage makeup of life. You can go to our website and under the Connect tab to check that out. So as part of your growth for Living 168 for the Lord in 2017, I'd encourage you to take a next step and connecting more with others here at Hopewell. The second way is grow. Grow. Now, last fall, we saw that when it comes to our spiritual growth, the Bible teaches that we can't make ourselves grow as a Christian, right? We can't make ourselves grow as a Christian. No, that's ultimately the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but we do have a say in the choices we make to put ourselves in environments and experiences that are going to encourage, not discourage, our growth. For those of you who are part of the Holy Spirit series last fall, you remember it's not a motorboat, it's not a rowboat, it is a sailboat. It's our effort cooperating with God's power in our lives. That's how we grow. So what are some specific steps that you can put forth this year? Well, we have an assortment of growth classes that address various areas of our lives. Starting next Sunday, we are offering our foundations class six weeks on a Sunday Uh, 1035 to 1150. It's right here, North Campus, in the venue. And this is our class for people who want to learn the basics of the Christian faith. It's a great starting point. If you're one of those people who's like, well, I didn't grow up with the Bible, or I just don't know a lot, this is the class for you. And then for those of you who want to go deeper, we have another Sunday morning class here. It's a little earlier, 850 to 1005. It's also in the venue that explores the why behind what we believe as a Christian. We also have some Sunday night classes that you can check out. One that I want to mention that's made a huge huge difference in people's lives over the years is called Financial Peace University. It is a practical class about understanding and managing our money from a biblical perspective. And for the second year now, we're gonna be offering that class both right here in Saginaw but also in Bay City, where a good percentage of our congregation lives. Again, our website's a great place to go to. You can go under the Grow tab to find out more about classes, or you can go to the desk out in the lobby. Connect, grow, and then finally serve. Serve. It's us using the time, the talents, and the treasures that God has entrusted to us to bless other people in the name of Jesus. The concept of serving is simple, whether it's here in our church or beyond our four walls, that to serve is to love well the person in front of us. It's putting someone else's needs out of our own in word and in deed. I say this often, but the Bible teaches that we are never more like Jesus than when we are serving others. It's us giving of ourselves without expecting anything in return. It's us doing something for someone else with no strings attached. That is the nature of serving. And the nature of serving flows from the nature of grace, that just as Jesus loves us unconditionally, we turn and express that same kind of grace to other people. Now, there are a lot of ways you can serve others uh, here at Hopefell, whether it's right here or out there, and they're not all tied to our church. I just talked with a group of people yesterday, made up of some Hopefellers and some from another congregation in town who are teaming up together to provide intensive long-term support and mem- mentoring to a young adult in our community from an extremely rough background that's one way to serve here at Hopewell we have plenty of ministry opportunities you can plug into that not only will bring blessing to others but will also further you in your own live 168 journey i think of how many volunteers are needed for our children on sundays a great group of women and men that we already have who provide excellent ministry for hundreds of kids of all ages every week. We have a lot of kids, a lot of needs here, and plenty of opportunities for you to help out there. And so whether it's with children's or with another area of our church, I'd encourage you to talk to a ministry staff member, a key volunteer, or again, go to our website and look under the volunteer page under the Serve tab that can show you all the different ways, different areas, how you can serve here at the church. Connect grow, serve. These are the actions that are going to help us in our 168 journey to live more fully for the Lord every hour of our week, every area of our lives. And so, as we begin a new year together, as we head into 2017, I just want to leave you with this verse. Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I want you, I want me, I want all of us to seek God first in this new year. And I want us to to, to be practical about that, to take some kind of specific step in our lives that's going to help make that happen. Seek God first. Don't stray, right? Don't stray and chase after something far less important. That is a surefire recipe to multiply the worries in your life. Don't stray, but then also don't settle. Right? Don't settle where you're not chasing after anything at all. Your heart is meant to be alive, so don't sleepwalk your way through life, right? No, here's my encouragement to you for 2017. Real simple. Don't stray. Don't settle. But seek God first with everything you've got. As we close in prayer and then respond with a song. I'm going to ask that you stand with me. Let's pray together. I thank you for the gift of another new year. By your grace, you've led us through 2016, and and it's by your grace that you will lead us through this new year. God, without you, we are nothing. We have nothing. But with you, all things are possible. And so we just want to be available, our hearts, our our lives, to, to take the steps where our lives are more fully given over to you, where we are seeking you first so that Jesus may shine every hour of our week, every area of our lives to the world around us. God, we are grateful for all that you've done for us. And so, Father, with this group, hundreds, literally hundreds in this room, may your Holy Spirit show us what that step is, what that change is, what that new thing is in our life, what that habit is we need to, whatever that is, show us what that is and give us the courage to walk into it so that we may more fully experience the grace and the joy that's waiting for us. This we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: When music fades And all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to breathe Something that's worth That'll bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within through the way things appear you're looking into my
2: back to the heart of worship. You know, maybe 2016 was a year that you strayed. Maybe 2016 was a year that you settled. It's a new year, and God's grace is waiting for us in abundance to come back to a heart, to a life of worship, and to seek Him first. Next week, we're going to begin a new sermon series that I am really excited about. And to give you a little preview, I want you to take a look. tag bless learning and living the beatitudes of jesus we are going to dive deep and go far and i can't wait but that's next week as you go from here may you leave with a heart of worship for our lord as you live 168 for him god bless you